and welcome to Investor's Paradise, the podcast that makes tons of investing-related topics easily accessible from a young mind's perspective. I'm your host, Aditya Ayer, and in this episode, we have another new guest, none other than Allison Peck. How are you today? Hi, doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Um, so do you mind giving uh, a background on yourself so that the viewers and the listeners know who you are and what you do? Sure. So I grew up in Santa Cruz, California, and from a young age, I knew I wanted to be an engineer. I just had that kind of mind. And so I um, went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, got my bachelor's in biomedical engineering. And um, coming out of that, it was in the middle of the um, housing crisis in the last decade. So I decided to keep going in school and get my master's degree also in biomedical engineering. And um, I really fell in love with medical devices. So um, just the biomedical engineering in general. So after that, I had a, a range of a few different jobs in that industry. And for the past four years, I have been a manufacturing engineer for a Intuitive Surgical, which is a surgical robotics manufacturing company in Sunnyvale, California. And about three months ago, I recently got promoted to be a program manager there. So that's what I do during the day. And I spend my nights and weekends doing a, a lot of entrepreneurship type stuff with my husband. Hi, my husband. So we're pretty passionate about that. So that's that's how I spend my free time these days. That's awesome. You got promoted and you have side businesses. Can you can you tell me? What kind of uh, side businesses you have with your husband? Sure. So um, when him and I met, we were talking about, you know, things that people talk about when you date. You know, what are your goals in life? What 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 does retirement look like for you um, in an ideal world? So him and I were very aligned from the beginning. We would love to be a, a business owners. Um, and just we have the entrepreneurship mindset. You know, I, I love working with other people and for other people. But sometimes I find myself thinking, this little quiet voice in the back of my head, I don't necessarily agree with what you're doing. I think I can do it better. So I thought, you know what, let's just go for it and start a business because um, then we can make all the decisions <laughs> and all the successes will be ours and all everything that goes wrong will be our fault. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, the first business that we started was called Villa Token. And that was when Bitcoin was around 20,000 um, a few years ago probably three years ago. So we tried to start a cryptocurrency company, um, kind of like a, a blockchain company um, centered around real estate. And so we started doing that and we started our first standard incorporation using LegalZoom, which is great for entrepreneurs, um, that resource. And then Bitcoin tanked and the SEC got involved with that whole industry and it just became a lot more regulated than it had been before. So we got out of that. Um, and since then, we've started a an online marketing and branding company called EPP, and that stands for Eggenberger, Peck, and Paulette. Those are the three three of us that are involved. And um, with that, we help people improve their online brand and their online presence because we think that um, internet reputation is very important these days. And lastly, we have bought a frozen yogurt store in Half Moon Bay, and so we've learned a lot about hiring and firing and having employees and um, inventory control and supply chain and customer service. So that's uh, that's what we've been doing lately. Wow, that's awesome. 
Wow, incredible. <laughs> um, I don't really you know, know that many people that have side businesses like that and pursue that, like take their time out of their day just to go at it. And the entrepreneur mindset, it's really different than most people. You know, most people just have like that nine to five mindset. You know, they go to work, come back home and relax, right? That, that's it. And it's very relaxing doing that. Yeah. And, and I mean, we did it. We did it for a while. We were like, this is so, I mean, it's, it's not for everybody, the entrepreneurship route. You have to really want it and you have to want it worse than anybody. Um, but I just felt a little, um, I guess, not satisfied uh, with the nine to five thing. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll, for, well, let's move on. We'll just dive right in. All right. Um, so, yeah, the topic for today is investing in yourself particularly in education and other topics. So we'll start off with education, right? So, you know, education is a great way to invest in yourself. And uh, what education platforms do you think are good to use? And what subjects do you think are worth studying? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it all depends on what you're interested in. And um, I heard a quote once that if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it'll go its whole life believing it. It's stupid. And I really take that to heart, meaning... If you if you don't like the tech industry, but you know it's lucrative, and maybe your parents were, um, you know, tech people or engineers, and you go that route, you might not be happy because maybe you wanted to be an artist or vice versa. So, first, I would what I would do is ask yourself exactly what you're interested in, and that's a really hard question. Sometimes they have all these personality tests you can take online, and you can read books, and you can, you know, try different things out and see how they make you feel, but um, first things first, I would try to figure out what you're passionate about, what makes you smile, and what makes you feel like work is play and not a chore. Um, and secondly, if, if you'd asked me a few years ago if I thought that getting a bachelor's and a master's were necessary, I would have said absolutely. However, the economy is changing so much right now, especially because, especially because of the global pandemic that we're in. And as a result, uh, career and different jobs and industries are changing rapidly. So I don't necessarily feel the same way about traditional educational pathways. So besides, you know, high school, college and job, retire at 65, there are other methods that you can learn. They have LinkedIn Learning, they have Coursera, they have, you can go to the library and read books, that's free. Um, you know, the internet is such a powerful tool. You can go on YouTube and learn literally anything. And I have done that. <laughs> and uh, being able to self-teach is, I think, a really valuable skill. So if you want to learn something, you don't have to go to college to learn how to do it because that takes a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of effort. You can go on YouTube and, and learn how to do it. And so I, I really value those non-traditional um, routes for, for educating yourself and investing in yourself. Yeah, I, I I actually agree with this point. Yeah, uh, very deeply, uh, especially the part where you said that you should focus on what you love to do, right? Uh, like you're, you know, like you, you gave the example, right? Your parents are engineers, and then you you know that that's a successful path, and you know that tech's lucrative, but you want to do something else, right? And this is something my mom actually says a lot. Um, it's this way of searching for a job or way of finding what your purpose is in life. And it's called uh, Ikigai. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, no. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's it's really interesting method. Um, so there's like four different circles. You have to find out what you want to do. So it's like 
what you love, what the world needs, um, what you can be paid for, and what you're good at, right? Those are the four circles. And um, the perfect job for you or the perfect thing for you to do is something that combines all four of those things. So if the world needs something, it's like the bigger the problem, the bigger the opportunity, right? So if if the world needs something, you should go for that. You should help people. But if you don't love it, it's not really good, right? So if you love it, if if the world needs it, if you can somehow get paid for it, and if you're good at it, you're like that's all four things perfectly good for you. Um, so for all those listeners out there, and you know even you, I, I recommend um, even for like hobbies and things like that, this is a great great platform to look at. It's I K I G A I. It's really interesting to look into. Yeah, I'll check it out. That is that's a great point because, and some of those things can can. Um, if you have something that makes you money, but you're not good at, you can always get better at something. Or if you're really good at something, but it's not a lucrative thing, you can turn it into something that's lucrative. So the, the, you can play around with that. But that's really interesting. I'll, I'll check that out. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, so we're talking about education and all, right? So, um, you know, most most children in the United States and any part of the world go to school, right? That's the common thing. You go to elementary, preschool, kindergarten, uh, elementary, middle, high school, and then college is uh, becoming a more popular thing. But, you know, other than childhood days, at what stages in life do you think people should try to focus on themselves more? Yeah, that's a good question. Again, I, I hate to answer every question with the, the phrase, it depends, but it definitely depends. I think that if you want to go the traditional route of high school, college, and job, things are pretty spelled out for you along the way. There are college counselors that'll help you choose your major in college. There are recruiters that'll help you find a job, right? And if you want to be an entrepreneur instead, you should start investing yourself the second that you realize that because it's never too late. You can be a nine to fiver until you're 40, 50, 60. And then if you want to start a business after that, start investing in yourself. Um, but I mean, you can always invest in yourself. You can always read books and learn how to do things and, and you know, be kind to your body and your mind and meditate. And, you know, there's all these different avenues that you can go. So I would say as, as soon as you as soon as you are asking yourself the question, when when should I start investing in myself? It's then that you should start. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Because the second you get that realization, you should pursue it, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, obviously investing in yourself is, education is a big part of investing in yourself. Um, but there are a ton of other methods, right? This world is a vast place. As you said, the internet, books, all those things are great. But are there other things you can do to invest in yourself or to better yourself in any way? Yes, definitely. Um, and I'll do one better. There are ways you can invest in yourself that don't cost money. <laughs> so a couple of those are, like I just mentioned, putting putting good foods into your body. Um, my husband said something yesterday that really resonated with me. He was talking about um, uh, treat your body as a place where your soul would want to live in. And I thought that was kind of a magical phrase because, you know, a lot of people drink and maybe do drugs on the weekend or party a lot or stay up late at night and maybe they don't feel good on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. But if you really treat your body right, your mind will gain this clarity and you'll be able to do things that you 
couldn't necessarily do when you had this this fog of um, you know abusing your body with putting harmful things into it, even food, um, you know, eating fast food or sodas or high sugar diets. So um, eating healthy is is um, something really good. And then exercising is the other thing that is definitely free. I mean, all you need is a pair of shoes and you can go for a walk. And that is lately my favorite form of exercise and investing in myself because if I feel terrible in the morning, like I didn't get a good night's sleep or I was up late the night before working, in the morning, I just go for a really nice walk. I live by the beach. I can smell the ocean air and I just feel so refreshed and clear, like I have a clear start for the day. So those are two ways that I think you can really invest in yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard. Yeah, I talked to somebody else the other day and uh, actually my second guest here, um, he talked about health. You know, health is very important in yourself because you can't really be productive if, you, if you're not healthier. Um, so we've been talking about, you know, building your knowledge right through all this education health other platforms right even like online books but now we're going let's talk let's talk about the work situation right in the work job market right um there are you know corporate jobs and there's like blue collar white collar jobs there's a big difference in this world right and you know especially during this time most of these blue collar jobs are they're losing their jobs right because um, companies can't afford to have them on and uh, everyone's scaling back especially during this time, um, do you think that soft skills or hard skills are more important? And what do you think people should uh, pursue more in? Hmm, that's a really good question. So first, let's define these. So hard skills, can we agree that we're talking about, um, you know, knowing how to use Microsoft Excel or knowing how to troubleshoot if a motor is broken or um, so hard, hard skills like that. And then soft skills are more like, emotional intelligence or how to be empathetic or how to run a meeting. Um, so if we take those me- definitions of hard and soft skills, I actually think that soft skills are more important. Um, so I think that you can teach hard skills easily, but I don't think soft skills are as easy to learn. I think that we're conditioned from a young age to either have soft skills or not and anywhere in between. And I think that empathy and emotional intelligence can get you really far in life. They can get you really far at work. You know, sometimes I will go to somebody at work and I know that they're busy and I know they have other things to do, but I'll say, Hey, you know, I really need help right now. Is there any way you could take five minutes and, 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 uh, you know, help me out with this. And if I've developed a relationship with them over time, they will absolutely stop what they're doing and say, of course, Allison, I'll help you. But, you know, if somebody has got really good hard skills and not as much soft skills and they go in and they bust down the doors and they're like, hey, I need you to do this thing for me, this person might say no. So um, I think that if you have good hard skills, but you're a hard person to work with, um, there are other people that have the exact same hard skills as you. So I think soft skills are more unique and um, they, they're what make a corporate job with employees seem like family. Um, and if you're working with people that have just hard skills and not not good soft skills, it can really feel like a job. So I think soft skills are more important. Right, yeah, I, I love the point where you make that um, you can have hard skills, but if you don't have soft skills, there's easily another person like waiting for a job that has better personality than you or better, um, they can engage with people more easily, right? Um, that's absolutely correct, you know, because I live in the Bay Area, obviously, as do you, and um, the schools, they can be very competitive, you know, they 
people are literally trying to accelerate, take summer classes just to get ahead of the curve, you know, to be the top 5%, 10%, even 1% of the country, not even the school, the country. And um, I think the education system and the intelligence levels of people are really, really getting stronger and stronger. So I think even now, especially nowadays, um, soft skills, being able to talk to other people, engage yourself to, uh, like you said, you know, if you ask somebody politely, um, they'll generally feel more incentive incentivized to talk to you and help you out rather than if you come across snarky and you come across not really nice, they won't do it for you, right? So building that relationship is extremely important. And I think soft skills can be important and they are important, especially in, you know, to move up in the corporate life. But at the same time, you know, I feel that hard skills are also important because especially when starting out, right? Like let's say you get out of college or high school or whatever, and you're entering the market, the job market. When looking for a job, right? Most people, they won't really care about um, whether you can talk to people at first, right? But they just care if you can get the job done. Absolutely. After a point that you can execute on your job, after, after they know that you can do the job right, you can work ahead of schedule, you can you know, get the job done, then I feel like they start looking into you as a person more than like a machine. And you bring up a really good point of like, you know, interviewing and starting out at a new job and how much soft skills go into sending in your resume or applying at a college? Almost none. They look at a piece of paper. It has words on it. It has buzzwords like I can develop a process or I know Microsoft Word and they're seeing resumes that have the exact same things on them. So that's why I think things like, you know, you have this podcast, which is awesome. And LinkedIn is a way to showcase your soft skills in addition to your hard skills in a way that a resume or a college application could never do. So especially now, right? Person to person interviews are the, like, that's how you get to know somebody. For all you know, like, like right now, right? We're talking over audio. (laughs) I could be like sitting in some random room doing whatever I want and just talking to you. But if you're sitting person to person, you can see their posture, their tone, their eye contact. You know, there's a lot of things that you can't really see um, in an online interview or if in a, on an audio call. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I think it's so important to develop your online reputation and your online brand, whether it's with your own website or um, with LinkedIn or having a podcast, because then people can learn about you without just talking to you on the phone. They can read LinkedIn recommendations for what other people think about you. And there's, it's really important nowadays to be able to present yourself in a, in a good light um, online because we're moving away from in-person meetings and in-person interviews and even handshakes. So yeah, times are changing. Times are changing. Yeah. Um, speaking of time, it, it, uh, this is the question that I like to ask to all my podcast um, guests, speakers. Uh, if you can go back 10 years in time, what advice would you give to yourself? 10 years. So I am 31. So I would be 21 if I went back 10 years. Um, Let's see. I suffered from caring what people thought way too much in my 20s. And that was useful caring what somebody thought if they were where I wanted to be someday, Um, financially or relationship wise or geographically or career-wise, but 
I think that I would tell myself 10 years ago, I would say most of people's opinions to you doesn't matter that much. So I would tell myself to find somebody who has achieved similar goals that I've set for myself, whether it's being married with children or being a stay-at-home mom or being the CEO of your own company someday or, or anything in between or retiring at 35, you know, ask somebody, how did you do that? I want to do that. But I would just take everybody else's opinion besides your mentors or besides the person who has gotten to where you want to go. I would take their opinion with a grain of salt. Um, so like, would you ask somebody who is financially irresponsible what to invest in? Probably not. Um, and alternatively, they should not be the ones giving you advice on how to spend your money. So that's what I would tell myself if I could go back 10 years. Try not to take people's advice too seriously unless you really, really respect that person and pick a, pick a handful of people that you really are going to listen to what advice they give you and then shut the rest of the world out. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. All right. Um, yeah, that's actually quite different from what um, the previous guest ha- I, um, said. Uh, Gopi Rangan, he, he talked about how um, you should go and explore random people. You should just talk to a random person on the bench and be like, hey, let's talk to, let's talk to you. What, what do you have opinions on this? Like, Really? Uh, yeah, but no, 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 it's, it's, it's totally fine, right? This podcast is about different insights, right? Um, I, mean, I don't think he meant that you would take it seriously, right? But um, um, at least listen to them. Listen to their opinion. What do they think? Right? It's always good to have data points, even if you don't know if it could help yourself or it could not help yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I think you have a point. Um, you have a good point. It's good to take the ideas and points that people give to you that are important or that's where you want to go, right? Like I wouldn't listen to some random person on the street more than I would listen to a CEO of some company, right? Because they've achieved something that I want to get to, right? Um, but it's not as if I would ignore what the person would say on the street, but I wouldn't take it as seriously, you know? Yeah. And also, it, it also you can learn a lot from, you don't have to ignore people's opinions if they're not where you want to get in life. But it, you can also, this is kind of a psychology trick. It's interesting, the advice that people give. I think off, most of the time it tells more about themselves than it does about what you should be doing with your life. Like if somebody is telling me, if somebody's financially responsible and they're telling me to, what to invest in, I would say that that's more of a projection and that's what they wish that they could invest in if they were financially responsible. So it oftentimes, if you don't think it's good advice, it often, you can turn it around and say, okay, you might be projecting and this might be something that you wish you could do with your life that maybe you're scared to do or you can't, you're not in a position to do. So that's an interesting way. Yeah. That is interesting. And the psychology trick. <laughs> well, yeah, um, that is all the questions I have for you today. Uh, this was an awesome, awesome conversation. You know, we talked a lot about education, investing in yourself. I think the listeners will really love this um, because, you know, especially those that are like at home, just listening, relaxing. This gives them a chance to, you know, find their icky guy and uh, go do whatever they want to do. Try to find their place in this world. And uh It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You too. And that concludes this episode of Investor's Paradise. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast and gained some useful insights on investing. Once again, I'm your host, Aditya Iyer, and I'll see you in the next episode.